Hey y'all, thank you for joining us for this part two of our very special bonus episodes on Jedi Fallen Order with Jacqueline at jbandos from Twitter. When we left off part one, we were talking about the themes of acceptance in this story and how that relates to Cal, Marin, and Star Wars as a whole. Enjoy! I do have my own issues with the fact that you're just killing living things for most oh, of the game. Oh, 100%. Mm-hmm. Like, here's, here's, here's some animals that are just chilling. Yeah, I know. Just slice them in half. It's cool. It's yeah. cool. <laughs> but it's. I think this game does handle potentially better than anything except maybe Rebels. Mm-hmm. The, the concept of acceptance rather than trying to change something. Because mm-hmm. like, we have that with Ezra, it, not only with his own parents, but also with the death of Kanan. Exactly. Yes. And we have it with Kanan himself in his journey to becoming a, a quote-unquote fully-fledged Jedi Knight. I'm gonna cry again. God, the cast of Rebels is so goddamn good. I know. <laughs> uh, I know. <laughs> oh my god. It, okay. But in this, and then I'm we have it with, again. It's with <laughs> the theme of Marin and Cal's relationship. We have it ham-handed as it was with Seer and Trilla's relationship. And we have it at the end with kind of the ultimate uh, end of the story where Cal is like, it is not my job to try and bring things back as they were because I can't change the past. And also that's something that Marin clued him into. If you talk to Marin when sh- you bring her to um, uh, Bagano, mm. um, uh, she he, he explains the plan to her and she's like, so these children wouldn't be in direct harm's way unless you found them like and train them as jedi mm-hmm. and and he what and so it's the idea the is and he starts like trying to justify it but is clearly like now thinking more critically about the, mm-hmm. the plan after she brings it up so it's i think great that it's her that brings up this this plan plans flaws after um because otherwise we've had We've had um, just really Seer and Cal looking at it. Yes. Um, uh, But now that Cal knows that he has the ability to either ensure, like, the same trauma that was afflicted on him and Marin could happen to more children, or he can ensure that it doesn't, or at least it wouldn't from this particular path that he has the power to prevent a certain specific harm to these these Force-using children. It's then that he decides, this isn't up to me. I sh- we shouldn't be the one to make this decision. Mm-hmm. And destroys the Holocron, which I thought was great. But also, I have issues with the fact that there are other Star Wars stories that have this Jedi mm-hmm. youngling list. Like, there's this makes it like three of them. And yes. <laughs> the second one, the second one, this post order sixty six. Right. Like the first one is with Cad Bane in in um, early season two of Clone Wars. Yep. The other is the beginning, um, the second arc of Charles Soule's Vader comic, 
where mm-hmm. the costume yep. new finds one and destroy and then Vader destroys it himself and then this takes place after that and it's another Lista Lista the Force Sensitive Children. I'm like the Jedi Archives really gotta secure their shit right? like <laughs> Very poorly established. I like, know. Their IT security is shoddy at best. It's, it's, which, it's not great. Which, yeah, it's not great. Like, like Cordova like, was able to just get grab grab a list of all the four sensitive children and then... Yep. Then, like, As you right do. After <laughs> order six, then, then presumably later, because I think Cordova's at least implied to have done all the stuff before Order 66. Mm-hmm. Um... Like and then like after that like not long at all after the order, Jocasta New sneaks into the archives and like like she's the librarian so I get that she has like admin privileges to wipe everything but she, but there's still stuff in the archives that mm-hmm. w- that that even like the Grand Inquisitor is like looking through stuff like I know it's yeah I have so many questions about it yeah. <laughs> Just the, like, the, the, what's going on the, here? the password to the every Jedi Temple computer is password. Like literally, <laughs> oh my god! Every single, every single station. Is Have just... you tried light side one two three? God damn it! <laughs> is it is it is it guessed? <laughs> <laughs> oh god! All right. Um, I think to um kind of round out. Our conversation about Marin. So we got two, uh, two listener questions, um, which I think are maybe quick Related. answers. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the first one is from um, Jason Flat um, at Flatter U, which is incredible. Um, um, who wants to know if we ship Cal and Marin and Matt Borgard again? One of our um, lovely, lovely. Um, Patreon patrons, um, was there actually any confirmation in the game that Marin was queer? Um, which I will answer that one first. There's not not confirmation. It's yeah. it's, <laughs> it's ambiguous, but in a way that skews queer. Yeah. Yes. And about uh, from for Jason's question, I think we all have the same answer, which we can answer on three. One, two, three. No. No. Oh. <laughs> like. Not that I have like you can. It's it it, it would be like I yeah. mean it would be. I'm I'm not saying it wouldn't be cute with the right. Like I do think the actors have the right mm-hmm. amount of chemistry to build onto that, but yes, I don't think that there's enough of it there in the game for me to be invested in it. Okay. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, and, and also, I just have very particular feelings about stuff like the hero gets a girlfriend out of nowhere without yep. trying. Yep. Um, uh, especially when it's milk toasty white boy hero <laughs> yes. like Cal. As much as I really love Cal, again, yes. Cal Cal's a good boy. <laughs> exactly. But, al- but also, like, let's let's rely less on tried and true genre conventions and tropes, please. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and I agree more. I I completely agree about their chemistry, and I think I actually really ship them as like bros. Yes. Like very. I got very Sibling Shipping vibes, There's, which is they're Sibs. They're yes. four Sibs. Yeah. Yes. Like, and Sebezra, Sabine, and Ezra from Star Wars Rebels is a romantic ship that I absolutely hate, but I love. <laughs> they are siblings. Are you? Yeah. Uh, I I I get really really like 
mad about Sebesra for like just the fact that Sabine shows literally zero interest in men yep. the entire yeah. show. She's heavily, I would argue, like not just queer coded, but just specifically lesbian coded. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then there's the fact that, like, she's she brushes off Ezra's attempted flirts with her, like in in the first season, and he he drops it. Like, yeah. He he drops it and. And then from then on, they're just like good sibs. Exactly. Yeah. They're bro. They're they're <laughs> they're lesbian older sister with dumbass. I don't know. I I I go back and forth between thinking Ezra's um a a, a himbo straight guy to just a like chaotic bisexual. Yes. But <laughs> but <Agree>. um, <laughs> I love both of those options Agree. for him, honestly. Ezra's Ezra's got big himbo energy, yes. um, uh, but but um, but I really love seeing that. And even like we were talking before we started recording about how Filoni handles um, characters. If you cu- kept up with Rebels Recon back when Rebels was airing, um, the final one, uh, Dave was talking about how important he thought it was to that Sabine and Ezra's relationship as two as a as a young guy and a young woman um uh wasn't romantically dimensional Mm -hmm. but it was still an incredibly strong relationship that they were family Mm -hmm. exactly that's exactly what I was just thinking about yeah um I think I wanted to talk about like a few smaller things that we enjoyed about this game I guess yeah yeah um so Oh, oh, wait, Chris, did you want to talk about weird foreshit first, or? It, that can be a, as part of the things that I like. Okay, <laughs> well, I'll, I'll let you talk about weird foreshit, because if you've ever listened to this pod before, weird weird foreshit is our kind of our bread and butter. Weird, weird foreshit is exactly why, is one of the reasons why Rebels is, is my personal favorite over the Clone Wars. Yeah. I get that, I do. <laughs> and I love the I other love is the consistent of... found family stuff. Mm. Yeah. And I love the concept of the Zepho and the, how they call the Force the Life Wind. It is very... Yes. Their culture was really interesting, and I hope that we get somebody with the range to write it properly. <laughs> because <laughs> between yeah. the fact that they are consistently referred to as without gender, the fact yes. that their relationship to the Force is so natural and based kind of like almost opposite of the night sisters in that it's based very much in just like going with the flow of nature on their planet. Um, yeah. I think there's so much to mine there and I, I hope we see it. And I, and regarding that, like I really like when the, that we have different, I mean, on one hand, I just love, actually seeing some unique cultures that don't conform to either a western westernized um bias Mm -hmm. or or an orientalist view view of spirituality but we see like some kind of we see some kind of unique culture that views this universe this galaxy it's in in a unique light. I mean, the Night Sisters don't say the Force; they use magic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's 
there's the fact that, as we, as you just said, the Zepho call the Force the Life Wind, and those who can use it are sages. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, I haven't read um, the Thrawn stuff, but I am aware that their relationship to the Force is unique and very dependent on circumstance. Mm-hmm. And then, then like... I'm bringing Charles Soule in again, but Rise of Kylo Ren, like the Knights of Ren call using the dark side of the Force, touching the shadow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in terms, and the way that the Zepho like fell is at least portrayed from what I, how I understood it, not that they were consumed by the dark side just like because they used the dark side you know, dark side bad, blah, blah, blah. But more a, they became arrogant mm-hmm. and used their power more to enforce some kind of inequality. I mean, I'm saying that because they were, from what we understand, some kind of empire. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so established on populated worlds. So one could make the connection that they were, colonizers using using um labor from off world to feed the heart of their empire yeah totally Um, but it reminds me a lot of the ricotta from legends Mm -hmm. um how they were a massive empire that fell in part because of their arrogance and overall reliance on the force as a tool to um uh to gain power rather than to help others and serve life. Yeah. And that, that sense of hubris also just like echoes the fall of the Jedi as well. Oh, hundred yeah. percent. So no, there's, there's, oh gosh, there's so much to unpack there. And I just, I just, you know, I like want, I said, I hope we get, I want with the, the lore to unpack it. Mm-hmm. Give it to Someone me. Someone with the range. Yes, yeah. please. <laughs> I'm, um, I'm 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 also just big into um, fallen like advanced civilizations. Oh yeah, as a as a as a thing in fiction in general. Like, can, can I get like at least some novels about the Protheans in Mass Effect, please? Like, uh, no, seriously, yes. But I I haven't like, played Javik is in a long time. Great, but I love. Mm-hmm. Sorry, yeah, the Halo has like the Forerunner trilogy of books, right? Yeah, so I was going to say, I haven't played Halo in a long time, and I know that they have actually since explored the Forerunners in the game, but, like, back when I was playing it, and before it was being explored, I was like, oh my god, inject all of this into my veins. (laughs) Yeah, because there is the, there's the great mystery of how the civilization fell, Yeah, how that is, shapes current life, how, how that might be a storytelling echo that foreshadows the current story or mirrors it in a way that shows the current path is different it will be more rewarding or less rewarding anyway yeah i really love ancient civilization bullshit (laughs) yeah i'm totally it's it's just so much fun (laughs) um um one small thing that i liked was that um cal's master was a lasat um oh yeah I I was so if you if you listen to um, our discussion of Solo I was so disappointed 
when Michael K. Williams couldn't come back to um, reshoot because his character uh, was supposed to be a Lasat. Dryden Voss was supposed to be a Lasat. Um, and then they didn't do that. And I was like, yeah, angry on like five different levels. <laughs> I, <laughs> Not that I don't love Paul Bettany, but like, guys, really. I, um, I really love what Paul Bettany did. Like, he, he hammed it up. Yeah. But. Michael K. Williams in a Star Wars was something I was actually incredibly excited for when yes. that casting was yeah. announced, and then reshoots. Then and then, like eighty percent of the movie got reshot, and so and like Williams was off doing some other stuff, so they mm-hmm. had to replace him entirely, which yeah. had to. I don't know. I uh, you know. Yeah, I think he was off filming. He was off filming when they see us, wasn't he? Which, like, arguably significantly more important. But also, oh, I would have 100%. liked him also into to be in Solo if that had like, been a thing. <laughs> th- th- that's that's my feelings about um, uh, Jessica Henwick not being in mm. Last Jedi or Rise of Skywalker. Like, she was off doing her own thing. Like, her she she was getting paid. She was doing career stuff. In oh yeah, Game of Thrones and Iron Fist. <laughs> Arguably, one of those is well, actually both of those argue. I mean, both shafted her in horrible ways. Oh, one got yeah. canceled; the other killed her character off unceremoniously. Um. Anyway, we need more Jessica Henwick, and that's just my opinion. I mean, I that's, like it. That's, that's that's a fact, that's, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, but again, like, yeah, no. loved, 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 loved. Um, seeing a Lasat in a video game. I just want more, more. I. I I just want to see more Lasat sprinkled throughout. Like I know they got like horribly genocided and stuff, but like yeah. I just I don't. I'm a big I'm a big I'm a big fan. Um, and I, yeah, they're they're another culture that I would really really love to know more about. Exactly because they also have that unique relationship with the Force that they mm-hmm. talk about. Yep. And and um, I don't know. I just do really like seeing things that originated in animation showing up in either yes. live action or a photorealistic style. Yes. Um, I like when certain things, like when we got Saw in Rogue One, that mm-hmm. was huge, huge to me, and and I was immediately like very invested in Saw's development as a character because he was at least outwardly very different from Mm -hmm. how he was in the clone wars so i'm like there is a story here and i am i know that there is they're probably going to fill this in and they have Mm -hmm. um how that's been handled by the timeline and by certain writers is (laughs) i'm 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 very mixed on and also know that i am not (laughs) i'm not the opinion to be the authority on that um, but stuff like that, and mm-hmm. when um the when in solo we got um we got one pike in solo, yes, um uh Quay Tolsite, which I still have issues with because they were like, okay, this looks kind of like like a pike. They <laughs> they 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 just put put a put a huge put a mask and a cloak on a guy, and and I'm like. The pikes, the pikes only have two fingers and a thumb, but this dude has five fingers on each hand, and his head is much too small. Yeah. I, I personally had to like justify it to myself, like he's a cyborg of some sort. It's fine, just like don't think about it. <laughs> but, yes. but, but that is like a discrepancy where I was like, uh, but it was still cool to see like a 
this is live action. This feels like the other stories that I've been been like invested in are like in the same universe and have some effect on what's happening. The Pikes are still like at the top of the list for the major syndicates, mm-hmm. and then uh, I there's issues with how Maul was just like slapped in there last yeah. second, but the <laughs> fact that Maul's in there and not just alive but alive and running crime syndicate stuff yep. that was one of the highlights of solo for me is just the fact that for better or for worse in some cases i do think some of the more out there easter eggs might have watered things down and took away from you know important story development stuff and character development stuff but those aspects have always been cool to me yeah totally i i i I'm Not just to mention like, Ahsoka, yes. Ahsoka, and Ahsoka and Kanan's voices in Rise of Skywalker. Ah, I cried. It's and, fine. And, and not just them, but also, but also Adi Galia, Ayla mm-hmm. Sakura, and Luminara and Dewey's voices. All the voice actors from the Clone Wars. Exactly. No, and that was that so was, lovely. That was huge. And like the first time I saw the movie, I was at an employee screening. Like, oh wow, yeah. Because I work in a movie theater, uh-huh. um, which means that for the time being, I am out of out of work because movie theaters are closed. Oh no. <laughs> um. Uh. But I. But like the Wednesday before the opening Thursday night, I saw Rise of Skywalker with like I think ten other employees, and mm-hmm. I was the only one who was there. And just I'm like. I like audibly said, "That's Ahsoka," and and then I'm like, "Then I'm like, that's that's Luminara," and I I I will admit I didn't recognize Ali Galia quite, but I heard a French accent. And I'm like, "That's Jen Hale as Elisakura," yes. and then and then Kanan's like, w- like prominent as Ray picks herself up, and so yeah. I'm like, "This is this is huge to me." Just <laughs> this. Yes little detail that's not going to be meaningful to most audiences is just like making this entire scene for me. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. No, I, I felt the exact same way when I was watching. Um, do, do, do. Uh, so we, um, we, get, we, we, we got a question from, um, Josh again, um, a, um, Patreon patron who started the game but didn't quite get around to finishing it and wants to know if he should and you know like if if he should like what the reasoning for that is and I'm like yes because um I think like the, again I haven't actually played the main campaign but like the game the gameplay is fun and also I I think the two of the thing two two of the things I enjoyed the most was um being able to actually run around a little bit on um, Ilum and Dathomir because, oh, yeah. like, like, those are two of the I really liked how the planets. levels were, like, always looped in on themselves. Yes. And were, and were built to be revisitable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And just, like... I, yeah. No, I, I just want to say, just, like, being able to kind of, like, climb into these places um, that have uh, really mostly only been in animation and just to live in them a little bit. It was just, it was really, really cool. Like, I was, I, I remember um, when when we first get to Ilum and, you know, you have that big um, sheet of ice door puzzle thingy. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. And I was just like, oh, my God, that's that. And I was, it's 
you know, it's it's the little things. <laughs> yeah, it, the fact that they have so much specifically from that, that arc of the Clone Wars mm-hmm. with the younglings is so good. Yes. Yeah. And yeah, in terms of, I would say my gen, I personally, um, uh, just have to play a game in order to like really get the full experience but if you're a person who's able to just watch a a playthrough compilation that is the cutscenes plus most of the story stuff from gameplay that's pro you'd still get the story i do think though that just a lot of this um this game's good storytelling moments are environmental and come Mm -hmm. from playing it yourself so i'd say if you if you if you've been interested in getting back to it and want to to um give another shot i say do it um but if the gameplay didn't vibe with you there's nothing wrong in just looking up a different way to get the story yeah yeah i agree with that and similarly, we got another question from Andrew from the Patreon Slack. Do the pluses outweigh the minuses? I think the minuses being some of the things we talked about with fridging of second sister. Um, and I think we and didn't... the plot being kind of... Yeah, know. we didn't dive into the plot, like overall thoughts on the plot too much. But it is, we did talk about how it's somewhat formulaic, particularly with yeah. Cal. Um, but to me, I, they do. I like, did I like think... it being character driven. It just mm-hmm. didn't do too much with it. Yeah. Yes. And I think, at least for me, I think the pluses do outweigh the minuses. Oh, I don't yeah. I don't love this game as much as other people do. Like, I know many people love, love, loved this game. I did find the story somewhat boring. But I really enjoyed the gameplay. And, you know, I in a sequel, I want to see a, a story that goes less predictable places. Oh, yeah. I have I have my personal sequels wish list. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it yeah. it's I would say the it's overall a very positive game. I think it's at least personally the best Star Wars game I've played that's story based. Mm-hmm. Um, at least from my I am I am a twenty three year old baby baby girl <laughs> who has not really played some of the more classic Star Wars video games. Most of my experience comes from uh, The Force Unleashed and KOTOR. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it did a, It was a very good way to do a cinematic Star Wars story in a different medium that I do think is is still accessible to more casual Star Wars fans. Um, and but and while it does have some issues in terms of plot, I do think overall the gameplay and just level design and the combat mm-hmm. and the good parts of the plot, which are, well, the good character moments, the good character development and relationships... I do think those greatly outweigh the negatives that we've talked about. Yeah. No. I mean, definitely. If if you're interested, worth playing. Absolutely. Um, the last the last moment thing that I enjoyed that I'll mention, um, which might appeal to you, is um, 
I'm obsessed with Cal's lightsaber, like how it ends up at the end where you can oh, split it yes. in two. I, I forgot. Oh. oh, it's like my favorite lightsaber in Star Wars right now. It's so fucking it's, cool. It's especially, especially just the fact that it is made from his old master's lightsaber, Jaro Tapal's lightsaber, and Seer's lightsaber. Yep. It's like, really cool. It's he's, so he's fucking cool. One of the, and then there's one way you can, like, one of the, there's three different ways to get a double-bladed lightsaber prior to um, the Ilum stuff. Mm-hmm. There's there's a workbench on Dathomir. Um, uh, there's the there's a workbench on um, the Origin Tree on Kashyyyk right mm-hmm. before the yes. uh, Ninth Sister Boss battle. Um, but if you if you go back after getting a Scomp Link on BD1, who we haven't talked about, but BD1 is the best boy. Precious baby. Precious precious baby who I love and want to protect with my life. Yes. Um, uh, the, one of the ways you can get the double-bladed lightsaber is one of Cordova's workshops on Bagano. It, it's like he finds pieces of Cordova's lightsaber and adds them to his. And so I've just got like a huge with with that that being how I got the double bladed lightsaber originally I got even mm. more of a generational stuff oh, going yeah. into this yeah. and yeah and the fact that Cal does find a lightsaber does build a lightsaber that's ultimately unique to him is something that's really great yeah what totally. what color did you guys pick for... I uh, even before the end of Rise of Skywalker I'm obsessed with yellow bladed lightsabers oh same so I same I did it yes! too yes love it. Yellow, yellow lightsabers. Also, because um, uh, Jaro Tapal's lightsaber looks a lot like Bastila Shan's, and so I just uh, just gravitated towards um, that immediately too. That's I love fun. It. All right, I, I, there was only one thing in terms of like what I didn't like the story that I wanted to mention quickly. Why did you invent the random evil Jedi when Quinlan Boss <laughs> was right there? <laughs> Why? Uh, it just, I would have. I don't know. And I'll be interested to hear your thoughts, actually, Jacqueline, because I know that you, like, have very strong negative feelings about Dark Disciple. But Here's I feel the thing. like it Here's would have been thing. so interesting. I skimmed Dark, Dark Disciple because of those negative feelings, but the fact that Quinlan Boss in particular already has a connection to Dathomir makes that um, missed opportunity all the more a missed oh, opportunity. Oh, yeah. And he could have been, like, driven crazy because of the combined stress of losing Ventress and losing the Jedi Order after he came back once. It was just, it was right there, guys. Yeah. Side, right side there. note, folks. Um, Obi-Wan helped Ventress fake her death because she didn't want to have to deal with the conversation of breaking up with Quinlan, and that's canon. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm fine with that. I love it. Uh, yes. Um, yeah, I think um, outside of like the story things we've talked about, I had, I had two quibbles, um, which were, first of all, um, there was this interview that, oh my gosh. Oh, was... that one. Yeah, yeah, I can't remember. Who? It was the director. I don't Thank remember you. his name. Yeah, he that he gave where um, they were talking about how they came up with Cal as a protagonist. And he was like, well, we didn't want to go with a girl again because we already Ray. have Ray. And oh, I was okay. like, are you fucking serious? Did that just come out of your goddamn mouth? Like, what the fuck is that about? I just, th- there could only be one woman. 
and they said that, and he said in that interview that he all that's also, and they didn't go with an alien main character because they didn't want to alienate players. Yes, which is not really an opinion Star Wars has regarding, you know, taking or just sci-fi in general taking actors of color and putting putting them in alien costumes mm-hmm. or makeup, and they don't really worry about alienating those communities, those groups of fans. God, what a great point. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah. 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 No, when, absolutely. They, when they talk about, and, and uh, that's also another thing where they they even just had that in the conversation about main characters, where so many white fanboys that think of that think of like diversity <sighs> mm-hmm. in like Star Wars as being humans and aliens. Which yeah, I'd love to see more alien characters, but of course you you, you keep saying oh, but, but you frankly racists keep Mm -hmm. saying we need these characters and this is the acceptable version of a female character well oh say rose tico or um the martez sisters Mm -hmm. are not yep and it's it's very transparent and it's bad and you should feel bad about it right yeah no abs that and that's that (laughs) yeah it's exactly whenever whenever you hear we don't want to alienate people it's it's always the same people. Oh God, yeah. It's it's also, white it's white gamers. And yep. as as somebody who is a trans lesbian who gets like my teeny teeny little scraps like in like here and there in games, mm-hmm. and even even then that drives gamers up a wall. You're like, <sighs> yes. why why are, I'm the one like appreciating this game while this this well this um uh group is tearing it apart for being sjw crap like cater cater to us damn it yeah right like seriously like people it's off topic but folks are still mad that ellie's a lesbian and it's been yeah six fucking years listen it's listen it's never off topic on my pod to talk about the last of us because it's my favorite (laughs) thing so oh oh so cool um are you also sad about the indefinite delay very sad i I, like i i got a i I did a pre-order and i got the the best buy or whatever the fuck sent me an email and they were like they they don't know when it's coming out right so the so the date that they just put into the system is december 31st 2020 and i was like very sad face (laughs) also the director's name i just googled as we were talking is stig osmussen yeah fuck you man so yeah just (laughs) when when you see what he's working on in the future let's let's hold him accountable yeah totally um yeah, I, I think. Oh, yeah. Speaking of the director, one 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 other quibble okay. I wanted to talk about was, um, and I I've talked I've talked to friends who actually like have a, have more of a or have more of a right to an opinion and a stake in this than I do, but it was I Sears animation was not my favorite. I don't know why you do not know how to animate black folks. There was like no textures on her oh, skin. Yeah. I was like, what? what are you what were you thinking it was it was so strange it, and it, it, they, unnecessary they, didn't do a, they did a pretty yeah the facial animations and the way they handled her eyes i think yes it was very scenes. weird very uncanny valley yeah totally and it's just like you know Where there I, isn't that issue with um cal or mm-hmm. marin or um uh trilla even. yeah so yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, it just, I mean, I'm, I'm just, I was just sitting there and I was like, I bet, I bet I know how many black animators you had working on this game, but I know exact, the exact number <laughs> of black animators you had working on this game. So it was just, yeah. uh, 
Yeah. Well, on that note, Jacqueline, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate having you on. This was so fun. Oh, I was I was just going to say that um, when we were t- we we did briefly talk about um, different directions the sequel could take. What I want to see now that Cal Ooh, yes. has pretty much every non like mortis mortis levely force power uh-huh. that he's got some kind of skill with, other than healing, which I'm sure they'll put in the sequel because it's in the movies now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, uh, I think a way to differentiate the sequel a lot not just in terms of story but also in gameplay is if either we shift to Marin as a protagonist and use use magic as gameplay mechanics oh yes i yes. would love to play as and Marin. She, she learns more general jedi force stuff from cal or the other way around where cal learns some ma- magic from Marin. i think it would not only make the story more unique but it would actually change up gameplay so that it doesn't feel like just the same game again yeah totally I completely agree with that yeah no out of a yeah. sequel i just i mean i want more marin in general because marin's fuck, best girl yes exactly because fucking duh but also like i would oh my god i would so so love to play as marin and just you know just be doing super cool night sister stuff so but yeah, yeah. that was that was what i wanted to say yeah 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 no that's very important but chris did you want anything out of a sequel that we haven't talked about yet honestly my big one was player but playable marin as well yeah (laughs) um cool well jacqueline again thank you so much uh where can people find you and is there anything that you want to plug um you can find me on twitter at jbandos j-b-a-n-d-o-s the um the name is gonna vary from how I feel at the time, but right now it is Jacqueline knows Ahsoka is a lesbian. Because um, it's a fact. Yeah. And also because I was capitalizing on the fact that one of my Clone Wars tweets was getting a lot of attention, and so I wanted to just yes. put the message in there. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, at J at J B A N D O S, I'm pretty active. I do a lot of shit posting interspersed with occasional actual meaningful analysis and my my instagram is also linked if you want to support my vanity (laughs) i was just gonna say your shit posting is like very thoughtful shit posting yes like even when it's shit posting i'm like damn that is a great point oh Oh, my, my shit posts go through many iterations before posting. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I love I that workshop so them. Yes. I'm like, I need I need this to not only be funny, but I need it to also be plausible. <laughs> plausibly <laughs> thin. <laughs> which oh. which is what which which currently at least is with is a running gag I have going on with Ahsoka as a as a deadbeat dad with <laughs> num- numerous illegitimate children across the galaxy. Yes. It's oh very my good. God. Yeah. No. And, the, and if you if you had any question as to why Jacqueline's one of our favorite people on Twitter, there you go. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> awesome. Yep. Well, thank you so much for joining us, and thanks to our listeners for joining us as well. Next week, we're going to be back uh, reading some books. We're going to be starting Tarkin by James Lucino, reading nice. through Chapter Eight. Uh, in the meantime, hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr at BookWarsPod, bookwarspod.gmail.com if you want to email us. 
and rate, review, and subscribe to us and the Tasha Station Radio Mega Feed on Apple Podcasts, um, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts. It's the best way for people to discover the show. If you have the means, please donate to the Tasha Station Radio Patreon and give us coffee at ko-fi.com slash bookwarspod. Shout out to Andrew again from Patreon for giving us coffee this week, which got all of you some fantastic pictures of Orca, Porkchop, and Jasper. There's more where that came from if you give us coffee. Our theme song is Whiz Bang by Poddington Bear. Our logo and artwork are by Joby Terror Design. Once again, for Kate and Jacqueline, I'm Chris. Thank you for listening to the Book Horse Pod, and we'll talk to you next week.